This is iFanboy Pick of the Week 682, brought to you by Molecule. For $75 off your first order, visit M-O-L-E-K-U-L-E.com and at checkout enter iFanboy. And iFanboy listeners just like you. Well, pick of the week, episode six hundred and eighty-two. My name is Connor Kilpatrick, and I'm still here. Two in a row, Josh. I, I, I don't don't think you're going anywhere, there, Sparky. <laughs> My co-host, Josh Flanagan. I thought I could Hi. take like do like one off, three off. You know, like you know. Mm-hmm. But I guess I can't mm-hmm. do that. That's not allowed. It. It's not my well, like executives in right. the corporate world. Sure. Like Fridays off. Yeah. You know, oh. like, like doctors. We are a fanboy. Every week, we read a bunch of comics. One of us picks our favorite book. Call it pick of the week. We'll talk about that book, other books from the week, the patron picks, and listener mail if we have time. Mostly, we try to have fun, and by extension, hope you have fun. Because we're all <laughs> having fun. That's Take the fun where you can get it these days. Well, also, we want to move units. <laughs> right. Are we, yeah. <laughs> That's not what we're about. I, I assume, I mean, I, I just assume somewhere there's a bank account accruing cuts from all these books we're talking about. I, yeah. That's yeah. what I assumed. We're moving units. Like a, like a penny a book? Yeah. That'd be, we'd be, we'd be doing all right with that by now. But that's, I guess it's not happening. This no. week, oh, did we do the spoiler warning? Spoiler warning. This is a review show. There'll be some spoilers this week. Josh, you had the pick of the week this week. I, I did. And, and as usual, I always like to give my context. I don't know why I like to do that because I feel I need to justify context myself. Context is sometimes important and informative. It is. And, and I think that actually it's, it's, you know what, it's something that our culture may be lacking a little bit. We could say here, this sucks. I guess this is good, but here's what went along with it. Judge for yourself. I'm reading my stack of books. Not a, not a super uh, busy week, um, which, I was, which I was just fine with. But I was pretty deep in there, and I was like, I don't know what a pick of the week is. And I got to this book, Excellence. Um, the only reason I knew about it at all was because a it was the number one from Image, so I check out number ones from Images, mm-hmm. uh, Image. And I saw it had some votes for the patron pick. Mm-hmm. Spoiler: It is not the patron pick. Uh, <laughs> but I was like, oh, I'll just look at it and see what it is. And it's uh, written by Brandon Thomas. I know the name, and I can see a headshot in my face. That's about right. as far as it goes. He says Lion Forge books and some other yeah. Uh, stuff. Kerry Randolph has done a lot of work. I know I, him. Yeah. I know him from We Are Robin and some other. One yeah, he did stuff. that um, that Stanley thing with Paul Cornell years ago. I mm-hmm. forget the name of it. I really like his style. We're gonna get to that. He's terrific. So I I said oh, I'll give this one a shot, and then um, basically there's a there's it's a it's either an alternate reality or it's a reality that uh, exists alongside ours. It's like a secret society magic kind of thing. Mm-hmm. It's primarily a group of black African American characters who. It's sort of like Harry Potter. Uh, they're like a secret society of magicians that I, I guess live live in New York City alongside us. At first, I thought it was like uh, this other world, you well, know. But it, that's what's interesting. So before we get into the that part, I just want to say I wasn't surprised because it's mm-hmm. really good. Yeah, but I was surprised because it's all the things you just said, and that it's usually not what you're into. Exactly. So I was a little surprised. I was like, oh. So, but, but that's the thing. So first instinct, right when I started it, I was like, oh, it's another one of these books where it's a different world that we've built up. They have their own rituals, languages, customs, clothing, whatever. They've built another world. And I thought, all right, well, we'll see what's going. But the thing that, that got me here uh, was at the beginning, there was still a little bit of t- – basically, uh, there's, a, there's a man and he's, he's a big dude in the whole magic world they're in. And yeah, he has a baby. Mm-hmm. And one of the first things that he talks about is how he says, like, I, I always like one kind of story. Every story I've ever loved that meant anything – this is, this is a quote. Every story I've ever loved that ever meant anything to me was really about one thing. And he's saying it could take place in a different time, happen in any place. People who didn't look anything like me or ever appreciate my own circumstances. As long deep down the surface, the story is really all about fathers and their sons. Mm-hmm. And I thought, well, that's interesting. That means that that's what this is actually about. Right not about all this magic stuff and and you know it, that's always the case but here they laid it out very clearly so i was looking for it from the beginning i mean it's page like um, one and two or th- yeah two and three yeah i mean it's like and right I, at the front and i really relate to that um not even just as a father but as like but like as a kind of story like i always gravitate towards that kind of story that story and like stories of like 
like really like brotherly friendships kind of thing mm-hmm. is another thing like I always I always sort of gravitate to because those are the two things that I always wanted. And so there's that. And I, well, that's interesting. And then the, the second bit is that sort of the, the baby uh, is born, this this boy, and uh, he's not what the father expected. Well, he's supposed to be the heir to the most powerful magic right. family. And it says in the beginning that, that the kids usually manifest magic power, I think it was like the average age is five. Yeah. And here we, we see him training through the years in a very fun like montage. And he's he's up to you know nine with no magic showing up. So the father has moved his attention to another one of his students who's not his son, who is clearly an adept magic user. And that's that that affects the son quite a bit. Right. And But at the same time, like the, the father starts out at the beginning, he's like, Ah, I can't wait for this. I'm going to give him my world. I'm going to give him. I'm going to do everything. And then, as things are not what he expects, he needs to adjust, and he doesn't always make the right choices about how to do that. There's a lot of feelings that go along with it. I'm a special needs kid. That's sort of what I'm getting at. He's a great kid. He's super intelligent, but things are a little harder with him than other stuff. And the way that this played out was was very honest. I thought, even though it's couched in all this magic stuff. Well, that's the best. The best kind of sci-fi or yeah. fantasy, fantasy stories. Reality-based, you know, emotion and and feelings and relationships. And, it's mag- magicians, but it's also yeah. It's, it's a son who's disappointed his father until he does manifest his magic, and then yeah. things get complicated. And that's where it gets away from my experience. But there are some of the things in the other stuff that that really I was like, oh, this is this is an interesting. Case. I haven't I haven't read this. I haven't read this, or at least not lately, and certainly not in this form. Then the other side of it, you've got what I thought was you, you talked about the sequence of of the aging. Mm-hmm. The way that that was drawn and, and written in comic book form, I thought was really well done. Uh, there was a sort of parallelism to the panels as we went through them as as he ages, you know. And and Carrie Randolph's style is is great. It's really wonderful. His characters all have their own faces and posture, and so I know who I'm looking at for the most part. That was Michael B. Jordan. That's Michael B. Jordan. Yeah, he's got <laughs> I mean, that jaw thing. I mean, um, they are clearly this is Skybound, so they'll they'll be. I'm sure Michael B. Jordan's people already have this book in their hands. I'm, I would imagine so, yeah. It would be a great vehicle for him. Yep. I mean, it's it's not every panel, but there's some panels where it's just like, oh, when he's getting his hair cut by his grandmother, it's like... He's the, got that, that lower jaw thing where he... I don't even know what the line is, but he's got like a line around the lower part of his face. That's, and he has the nose. It's just yeah. like... It's it's him. It's Michael B. Jordan. Which yeah. is, I'm not necessarily complaining, because it's not oh. like Mike Deodato when he like... It's... it's it, it's it's a cartooning version of him where he's recognizably Michael B. Jordan, but yep. he's also still a cartoon. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so then at the same time, you have you know what is essentially I'm going to say you know urban black culture and vernacular mm-hmm. in this Harry Potter wizard robe kind of thing going on at the same time. And if I'm not mistaken, most of the creative or all the creative team are black or at least not white people. Yeah. And I, I've sure. said this before, and it sounds silly, but like there is an air of like authenticity to it. Like, oh, this is. This is right. Like, there are certain comic creators who are trying to write something and it doesn't sound right. And this, you know, it has its own vibe. It has its own voice to it. And it isn't like everything else. So I thought that was an interesting choice. The only thing I'm not sure about is the reveal of – it's not even the reveal of what this is because I'm not entirely sure what this yeah. is. Yet. But – and this is also, we should say, a longer issue. I think it's 40 pages. So it's like double-sized yes, first issue. Which helped. It did help. The first half – or even more than the first half, maybe the first half, was just with the magicians. So like you said, is this like a, wor- a different world? Is it a yeah. different universe? Is it a pl- you know, is it just a different reality? But then it's revealed it's our reality. And it seems like maybe the magicians are invisible and they're kind of like they, guardian angels because his whole, can be. his whole thing is his, tr- his trial to become a full-fledged magician is he, his, his charge or whatever. Yeah, his sacred yeah. charge is this guy who's on a date and he's going to propose to his girlfriend. And if he does, his life will be great. If he doesn't, it'll, it'll be ruined. And so his job is to make sure the proposal happens. And that sounds really kind of unexciting, but it ends up being more exciting than that. Well, but that isn't, that was intriguing. Cause I was like, what the hell's that? Like it, it just, I don't know what it means. Right. That's what I mean. The only thing is I'm not really sure exactly what we're dealing with here, but it, it doesn't really matter so far because it was, so, it's just at the very end of the story. Well, I like that about it because it was unexpected. Mm-hmm. You know, and then I was, I, you know, I'm still basically it left me things to be curious about and to wonder about going forward. And the character stuff at the beginning made me give a shit about doing that. Mm-hmm. You know, the, there's a there's a there's some pretty obvious riff rifts that, that develop in here that have to do with the 
the boy's relationship with his grandmother and what happens to her and how you're supposed to use magic and all the resentment that lives between them. You know, in, in the end, like, uh, it spoke to me for a while and then it, it got me interested and it doesn't look or sound like anything else that I'm reading right now. Um, it does smack of, you know, like this is this is obviously got other uh, adaptations and treatments in mind. Yep. Um, that's not necessarily a bad thing, but it is it is pretty front and center. If you it's know the reality of Internet of comics. Yes, absolutely. Of, of at least indie comics. Mm-hmm. But I, I, I liked it and I was surprised by it. And, and uh, that was the thing. There was only one other book that almost had a shot on it, which we'll talk about later. I think we should talk with Carrie Randolph a little bit, little bit more before we wrap up the discussion. Yeah. I mean, he's really, it's a car, he's got a cartoony style, but it's also realistic. It sort of rides a line. Yeah. And it's incredibly dynamic and fluid. And the, yeah, his when, storytelling when, is strong. When the action scenes kick off, it's just like, whoa, everything gets really dynamic. And he does really great, but he also does really great emotion. There's a lot of great um, emotion in the characters' faces. Yep. Uh, the main guy, I'm just going to call him Michael B. Jordan, he's full of rage. That's his whole thing because his father. You know, call him Wallace. His father um, didn't abandon him, but but changed his emotionally. He changed his fatherly focus to the pupil who was a better magician. So he's full of rage. That's his whole thing. And there's a there's a great panel where you know as a young kid when he first manifests magic and blows out the wall of the training room. It's, you know it says rage because he's full of it. And so for the rest of these the scenes, you see this in his eyes. You can see it in his in his eyes. In his, mm-hmm. in, even in his regular interactions, he just has. A lot of rage under the surface. So, so Carrie Randolph went out. He got a copy of Black Panther, and he's like, "Well, let me look at this guy's angry face." All right, good, good, good. <laughs> and, uh, that there. and it's just—I just loved looking at the. I mean, the story was great. I love the story. I'm really into it. This is one of the better image number ones that's come out in a while. Yes, I really loved looking at it. And Carrie Randolph's been around for a long time. I looked up his comic book DB page just because I wanted to see what he had done beyond what I'd known. For, and he's done a lot of work, but it's mostly been here and there, an issue here, yeah, a miniseries you haven't heard of, like. He should really get bumped up the artist ladder. There's a lot of a lot of artists working, especially the big two. And I'm not saying everyone has to work at the big two, but there's a lot of artists working who are not nearly as talented as he is. Yep. And he should be getting a lot more work. I also think that there's a perception that cartoony artists like this aren't as attractive to people sure. unless they break and become popular, and then you can have Humberto Ramos. But everybody else really has to work to that point. Oh, for sure. And he's definitely not in the house style that. A lot no. of a lot of books like to have. Uh, I, I thought Excellence was great, and this was a week where you and I. It happens sometimes, but more often, this was a heavy week in which you and I texted each other. Make sure you read this book. Make sure this, yep. this book is read because I I had Excellence, but I hadn't read it yet when you had texted me. Mm-hmm. And in the next book we talked about, we're talking about Friendly Neighborhood Spider Man number six. I know you don't necessarily read, so I texted you to read that one. Yeah. What did you think of that book? I had made up my mind about excellence and then remember that you told me to read that. Um, and I thought about friendly neighborhood Spider-Man number six. I did cry. <laughs> and I'm not telling you like, I, I, I'm not saying I, I got a little misty at the end. Yeah. I cried. Right. Yeah, Just that's... for like 10, 15 seconds. But like, really work i knew it that's why i made well first of all this i think this book is good and i think we talked about tom taylor last yes. week and i mentioned he also writes this book but it's on the fringes because it's not the main spider-man book it's not involved in, the, in this craven story it's on its own and this book's been really fun up until now and this is the first issue since since issue five in which it was revealed that aunt may has cancer mm-hmm. and so the cover is friendly neighborhood spider-man introducing spider bite and spider-man swinging with a little miniature spider-man behind him so you're like what the hell is, is going on here so we get started in here and you see what looks like a regular old Spider-Man adventure, but instead a little kid comes along and is helping him out. And Dr. Octopus is like, what are you, eight? And he's like, I'm nine and a half. And he you know, kicks his butt and, and there's a big fight and then they go somewhere else and the vulture shows up. And then uh, they have to fight all of the visits, the Sinister 60 in Grand Central Station. It's a big fight and there's a really wonderful two-page spread. Uh, of the montage of the fight, which is all broken into tinier and tinier grids. Juan Cabal is the artist who's a lot of fun. Yeah. I mean, it's gorgeous. He, yeah. There's there's a lot of Frank Quitely in his art. Yep. Little bits of it here and there. Stiltman ends up being the big bad guy, and you're like, at first you're like, what the hell is this? And then you just kind of go with it, and you're like, whatever, it's a little kid. We'll see what it is. It's fun. Then the reveal is that they they pull back after the the big ending – and he takes his mask off and you you see like you're in a you're in a children's hospital and the kid you can tell that he's sort of sickly pale and has no hair sticking out around his his face. Um, and Spider-Man has gone there to play act along with him because the kid loves Spider-Man like a Make-A-Wish Foundation kind it's of like, thing. Like when they did Bat-Kid a couple of years ago where they, they turned the whole town to Bat-Kid. Yeah. And so here you've got the whole ward's been turned into 
there's you know fake buildings made out of cardboard, and all yep. the other doctors and parents and patients are wearing you know you know homemade costume villain costumes. They were all playing the villains, and so the nurse is Electro, so hers is the best costume. <laughs> it's both a one and a ten. <laughs> but immediately you're just like, oh, because this is a this is a I don't want to say a grand Spider-Man tradition, but in, in Amazing Spider-Man 248, back in the 80s, they did uh, The Kid Who Collects Spider-Man. That was a f- really famous story about uh, a kid who was dying who's, who Spider-Man revealed his identity to. You know? And this was a, like, sort, of a call, sort of a callback to that. Then there's this bit that I think is they said, all right, we're, we're done with that. That was a lot of fun. Thanks for coming. Mm-hmm. Come on, buddy. You need to go to bed. And the kid screams, I don't want to go to bed. And there's a silent panel right after that. And then the kid immediately says, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, which they do, but never that fast. Mm-hmm. But I thought that was super honest. I was like, I don't know if Tom Taylor has kids, but he's been around them. Where a kid can flip, especially a kid who's sick or whatever, can flip immediately, you know, to just like they're frustrated. So they mm-hmm. just lash out. And it seems like they're bad kids or not well-behaved kids. But it, to me, again, that was very real and honest. And I thought that was nice. And so then you have one more bit. And it wasn't the bit where they reveal that he's a sick kid that made me have a, a feeling. Uh, it was Spider-Man's like, well, what's the deal? And he's like, well, he's, he's worried he won't get up again. Again, silent panel, sad. And he's like, get his jacket or basically whatever. And he ta- and the last page is, you know, your day's not over. And he's f- swinging around the city holding the kid. And it's just like he like he was already doing a nice thing. And he went the extra mile because he was trying to. And I just thought it was sweet. It was a really. Yeah, that that certain- that end was emotionally. Yeah. De- devastating when he, when the parents explain that he's angry. He does not want to go to sleep. He's afraid he will never wake up again. And so that that, yeah. that silent panel where Peter's looking at him through the wind, through the glass, but he's Peter's sort of frosted. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was a really terrific panel. But also, like I I just like the idea that they've extended what a hero is. Yeah, like he was like, okay, I did that thing, and he didn't go. I'm sorry, you know, and then have to go think about it. He's like, I'm going to do something else then. Because that's what he is. He's the hero who does the thing. He's got the power, I'm gonna do the responsibility. It. Yeah. it all, it all, you know, feeds back into what it should be. And I think, you know, we don't get a lot of that. We get so much anguish and torture. And even though this is like a sad story, it's a happy story. And and it, it doesn't really fit into quote unquote modern comics. You know, you don't no. get to tell the sort of one off tale, even though it's it's tied into emotionally what's happening in the book with Aunt May. It's still a one off story. And that's and even though they're happening more and more, it doesn't really work in today's modern six issues, six to eight issues. Everything is really dark and and brooding and and serious. At um, best, you get like a five or eight pager in some you know backup you get like or something a B story. like that. And, yeah, and honestly, these these are the issues you're going to remember. These will these are the ones will stick with you, and these are the ones that are mm-hmm. much more emotionally involving than than, than say you know another gritted teeth fight which can are always fun we enjoy but this is the one that you'll you'll think about it's like the uh the straczynski i'm gonna go ahead and give him it was a pick of the week yeah batgirls last night before she gets shot by the joker kind of thing like yeah. i don't remember anything else about any comics at that time other than that was real good cliff chang draw that yes yeah i remember that great issue number 13 but that's but that's another example of exactly what you're talking about i think that's a really good point yeah i mean it was the brave and the bold 13 i remember the yeah. title i remember the, i remember the number yeah but I don't remember what I read last week necessarily. And so, right. you know, those are the issues that stick with you. Another book that I texted you to read was The Flash 70, Joshua Williams and Howard Porter. Were you planning on reading this? I did. Yeah. I had already read it. I saw that it was a year one on the cover, and I thought, all right, that seems bold or perhaps even redundant, but sure. If everything right now is broken, let's just go back to the beginning and see how they want to do this. So they're doing Barry Allen's origin basically from the start. I was really worried. I don't know why. I wasn't worried, but I thought this can't be a good idea. I definitely thought that. Well, it's a grand DC tradition to, yes. at some point, do the year. And it, it was rooted in the idea that, you know, we've talked about before how it used to be that the readership would change over every mm-hmm. so often. So you'd have to sort of retell the origin every few years because the readers would go, who the fuck is Barry Allen? So you'd tell them. Yeah. And then, you know, the year one sort of became a popular storyline, Batman year one. Justice League. Justice League. They became sort of a popular branding DC thing. Mm-hmm. And so it's not unusual for them to do this kind of thing. I was a little surprised. I was mildly surprised. It seemed like this doesn't seem like the time for that. Like, And also, I feel like I've read Flash's origin a lot. Like, more than most. The difference is, I guess, in Rebirth, we kind of got it. But this is a modern Barry Allen. We, never, we haven't really had a modern Barry Allen origin story in the mm-hmm. comics. Because... 
he when he came back for Rebirth, it was the guy from the Silver Age who came back. So we already, you know, they didn't they didn't really retell his origin story. That was more about him re- readjusting to society. And then when the reboot mm-hmm. happened, he was just already the Flash. So I guess my worry was that they were going to drastically change it. My mm-hmm. worry was they were going to make it some sort of like destiny story, which they they tend to do when they redo these origins in the modern world. It's like you've always been meant to be the Flash, not just it was an accident. Mm-hmm. And you were a good person. You decided to do something about it. That to me is more, much more powerful than you're, you were destined to be the Flash. And so I was a little worried reading it that this is what would happen. But so far, so good. It's the it's it's the classic Barry Allen origin with modern tropes. Yeah, and uh, and then also like the bit at the end, I I really liked where basically he's like he's feeling around with his powers. He's you know checking to see what they do. He's wearing out shoes. He's realizing it's the same thing as the first episode of the TV show. Yeah. More or less, you know, and then he, he's like, this is fun. I like this, but he overshoots it and he he shoots forward in time, which I was like, that's rad. (laughs) And then, and then, uh, you know, of course, whenever you shoot forward in time in a comic book movie, it's Armageddon and everything's crumbled. (laughs) Um, every time, every single time, no one, no one ever shoots ahead and to find a utopia. And if they do, they find it's not really utopia. And then he meets himself. He meets old, old man Flash. Uh, mm-hmm. This is a very Joshua Williamson story. Mm-hmm. I, I got to say, you know, this is in a way like that dude was destined to write the Flash. <laughs> <laughs> like I've known him a long time. And I've and as soon as he started in the Flash, and was pretty, I was like, oh, yeah, this is what he was meant to do. You know, and he's been working on this for years now. Double shipping. So still got it. I, I do think the story here is um, it is some fantastic Howard Porter. Mm-hmm. Really good. That was my pitch to you. If you were, if you yeah. hadn't read it was that. Uh, it's really, really good, Howard Porter. We, you know, we talked about on, on our JLA books below how much his style has changed over the years and grown. It and has. He's a much better artist, and we we liked him a lot back then. But he's he's really found his his voice. Still, his style it doesn't look like anybody else, but it's tighter. The storytelling's better. Uh, he's not trying to be quite as showy, which I think is more a thing of the time than it is now. I mean, the, pa- the page where he gets sh- was struck by lightning is this incredibly dynamic page where Barry's like half bent over and the lightning's shooting through him. And but it's also the, the it's also the sound effect and. But, know, al- but also, you just from a from a yeoman stand of uh, stand point of view standpoint or point of view one of the point. two, the first six eight pages have a massive amount of panels and storytelling and stuff to get through, talking heads, and he really crams a ton of it in also credit to the letter on this one who's not listed as far as i can find it he's not skimping there's no skimping no in these like pages he's, and he's making that work in a way that like those pages could easily be busy and terrible and i, I think there's some really great like he's he's like well we only got 20 pages watch this mm-hmm. which is pretty great and then he opens it up later when when he's supposed to there is no letter that's weird it's i i really what the hell maybe it's I don't know. I was going to say DC lettering, but because that's what they credited sometimes. But who knows? Anyway, this was a great issue. These three books we just talked about were the three best books I read this week. Mm-hmm. Excellent. Yeah. Spider Man, The Flash. Uh, either any of them could have been picked the week. I didn't really think about what I would do, but any one of these three could have been picked of the week. Sure. In my mind, on a different week. I am enjoying this little detective comic story that's going on now. Which is funny because I think you were you were you were giving it a backhanded slap in the one thousand issue. Well, you gave the whole issue one backhanded slap. Yes. But not because of the, the quality of the things inside it. Mm-hmm. Either way, I actually like Damien in this. No, yeah, yeah. I, I'm enjoying this. And I posted a picture, one of the panels on our Instagram page. It seems odd to say, but, uh, you know, they, there, there's been two Batman and Robin titles uh, mm-hmm. in the last 10 years. But other than that, like, you don't get a lot of Batman and Robin stories. You do. You get a lot of like Damien at the house grousing about something before right, but he goes like, out. To do yeah, they go off on different adventures. Like it's like ever yeah. since Tim Drake came along and it gave him his own solo book, mm-hmm. it was almost rarity. And so I really mm-hmm. like seeing Batman and Robin together. Yeah, I hadn't thought of it that way, but you're right. It touches me in a in a way that because you know as a kid that's what you read, and you get Batman with the Justice League, you get Batman on his own, you get Robin with the Titans, you get Robin on his own. You don't get a lot of these stories, so I, I just really like seeing them together. Even if I don't like this Robin, I still like the idea of Batman and Robin. So I actually been really into this story, which I guess one of our listeners told us it, these characters, these these knights, are characters from the video game, which we don't play, so we don't know about. But I guess that's yeah. what that is. Um, in terms, and the big reveal here is that the leader of the group is Arkham's daughter. Oh right, yeah. The thing I I really liked, and I liked all that stuff. Brad Walker, and I'm not. It's not just him. Brad Walker, who uh, had an inker on this one, Andrew Hennessy, and then colors with Nathan Fairbairn. This had 
good looking book. Yes, and I is. think having a guy not do all three things and mm-hmm. actually having an inker come in, I can see it. Mm-hmm. It looks better than a lot of other. It looks more finished. Nathan Fairbairn's a great colorist, so that's not a surprise. But if I just kind of look at you know, how it was rendered and it, there was a little more time to be able to put in. And it's not like it's hyper detailed in that way. It's just done with a lot of care. There's a lot more shadowing and, and the lighting is is very specific in this. And it, like if you look at like there's pages where you can like sort of see their hair and it, it's just nice. It, there's a little there's a bit where they're both getting dressed and I was mm-hmm. like, it's just good looking. It yeah. reminds me the comics don't really look like this as often. Dr. Phosphorus, like, look at that drawing. Yeah. If one guy was doing that with with penciling and inking and sometimes coloring their own work, they wouldn't be able to do this on this kind of schedule. Right. It's great. This has been fun. It's the polar opposite of what's happening in Batman, and I'm not saying that from, from a judgment standpoint. It's just it's a different sure. kind of Batman story. But that's what, that's what it should be. Right. Batman's very cerebral, and this is very action-oriented. And, and if you get two different kind of Batmans between the two books. And yeah, so, and I... I I think that's I wouldn't good. want one or the other. So be able to, I mean, that's what the books are supposed to do is give you that contrast, you know, yeah. Superman action comics, that kind of thing. So this is a very classic, fun Batman story so far. I think we're only, I guess we're only three issues into this story. If you're reading Batman, you're missing sort of that classic take. You're not reading Detective, you should check it out. Yeah, it's it's been it's been fun, sort of su- surprise, not surprisingly. You know what? I see the next one here is Batman and the Outsiders, and I and I remember, like, that was supposed to th- be a thing a long time ago, and then it wasn't, and I guess now it is. What do you mean it was a thing? Like, it was supposed to come out a while back? Oh, I don't remember. Like, it had been teased. It was teased in a book. Like, a like a long time ago, though. And and when I talked to Brian on, on the Talksplode, like, he, I don't remember if it was off the air or on, but he was like, I know it's going to come along. But it, <laughs> it hadn't yet. Because I, I think that it had been teased and then everybody. Oh. Yeah, it was, know, te- it was teased when he did, he did his arc. His arc was sort of. A prelude because it had all these characters yeah. in it, and then that was a while ago. So maybe that was what you're thinking about. Did you read it? No, no, I didn't even know it was a thing until I put it up in the script. I didn't like it. I mean, unless it's a huge event book, we try not to talk about stuff we don't like on the show. Mm-hmm. Eh, fair game, but people would have asked anyway. That in the outside number one: Brian Edward Hill, Dexter Soy, Veronica Gandini, Clayton Cowles. Two problems with the book: one. I just don't like Dexter Soy, his art. It just it's a style that doesn't appeal to me. It feels very old and not in a good not in a good way. I know the name and I can kind of picture I'm looking for the issue, but it just feels kinda of like old nineties style, like bad nineties mm-hmm. style. Was he a milestone guy? I don't remember. Oh, I see what you mean. I don't I really liked this at the time, but I don't like the little the little thin renderings on everything. Yeah, and like just little things like he Bruce Wayne in a suit, his tie ends like only three quarters of the way down a shirt, like just little weird, you know, things where mm-hmm. just like there's not a lot of care taken in, in in things like details, and it's just not a style that appeals to me anymore. And so I didn't like the look of it. There's some good. Yeah. There's a couple of good pages when Batman swinging away at the very end is a, is a good panel, but yeah. And when she jumps off that bridge at the beginning, that's good looking. Yeah, but for the most part, it's just not a style that appeals to me anymore. And and then the other thing is, like, you, you've talked about this a lot. Everyone in this book seems to hate each other. Uh-huh. And it's like, I don't want to read that. Yeah, you know, if you're forming, the, if the you're anti-West Wing. If you're forming a team, like, maybe they should all like each other. And they can, there can still <laughs> be problems. But, you know, Black Lightning seems to actively hate Batman and... And everyone else doesn't trust each other. And it's just like, and I get you kind of have to build the trust in the team together, but it's like, there's so much antagonism in this book between the main characters. It's just like, ah, this isn't, this isn't fun. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to have fun here. Yeah. So the combination oh. of the art, which, which I didn't really like, and then the an- antagonism, I just don't know what to do here. Plus, he, he writes a very, if you're talking about the Batman spectrum, uh-huh. you know, he's like a very robotic, you know, staccato talking Batman. Uh-huh. It's like, you know, like, I, all right, I get it. But also, you know, he's a, give him a little bit of humanity, a little bit of warmth. I, you know, I, I, I think that the, the thing about this is you get that sliding scale of what type of comics is. And I don't, I don't even think that, like, looking at it and hearing you're like, you're not saying it's bad. It's just no, not. No, it just wasn't. It's not the, you know, they, like they went it. this way with it. And yeah, it just, wasn't the thing you wanted. No, I, I don't. It's not bad. It's not a bad book. It's just a, the style yeah. doesn't appeal to me. And I was just. The, the direction they chose doesn't appeal to me. And so mm-hmm. that's, I mean, I don't, 
I may try one more issue simply because I really like Brian Edward Hill's other work. I like all these characters. I feel like the coloring is not doing the art much good. It's very dark. It's not only dark, but it's got like that. It's kind of smeary in places. It looks like it almost reminds me of like Jay Lee mm-hmm. in bits, but it doesn't really work terribly well. And then other places, it's kind of sketchy. Like it's it's stylistically in. If you watch it in the beginning, there's a lot of rendering, and then by the end, it's kind of smoothed out. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I'm I'm, I'm hyper focusing on it. Yeah, it was unfortunate. I was excited for it. All right. I might give one more issue simply for the strength of the writer, but mm-hmm. it didn't fill me full of hope. Is there any point to Duke yet? No, there's still no point to Duke. He's there's still no point to Duke. Yeah. Yeah. Superfluous. Roll with, roll with orphan stories all day long, or you could just go back to calling her Batgirl when she was amazing. She also talks too much now. And this is not his fault. This yeah. is a character thing they brought in with yeah, yeah, yeah. James Tinian. But he, now she talks in like Hulk sentences. Do people know about that, that Batgirl run? Damien Scott and Damien. that Batgirl. That was amazing. That was so good. In the 2000s? Late, 19, late 90s, early 2000s? I think two, early 2000s. I want to say they're up to the mid 2001, 2, 3, 4, when, somewhere in there. When Cassie Kane was Batgirl. Yep. You know, prior Stephanie Brown, before, after, obviously after yeah. Barbara Gordon. It was a great, great. She was a great character and it was a great series. It was beautiful art. It was it just it was wonderful. This is the same kind of cartoony art we've been talking about a lot, actually. Yeah. Let's take a break and talk about Molecule. Molecule is reimagining the future of clean air, starting with the air purifier. It's not just an improvement on existing outdated technology, but a complete reinvention of air purification. Molecule is developed by a scientist whose son suffered from asthma and was frustrated by the fact that HEPA air purifiers did not relieve his son's symptoms. As a result, Dr. Yogi Goswami spent 20 years developing a completely new, a totally effective way of removing in- indoor air pollutants. Why Molecule? Global air pollution is worsening at an ever-increasing rate. Over 80% of people living in urban areas that monitor air pollution are exposed to air quality below World Health Organization standards. Worst news is that the indoor air can be up to five times worse than the outdoor air, according to EPA. Most of us spend around 90% of our time indoors. We're all indoor kids now. Get out more. <laughs> the HEPA filter was invented during but World War II. But watch the ticks. Sorry. Right. This won't help you with ticks. The HEPA filter was invented during World War II way back in the 1940s. It's not been updated in 70 years. It's not great. We can do better. Unlike a couple of filters, Molecule destroys indoor air pollutants at a molecular level, completely removing them from air you breathe. Molecule is your best defense against allergy season. It's the springtime. So you know what that means. Are you doing okay? <laughs> no, we're going to get to that in a second. Molecule has reinvented the air purifier to destroy airborne pollutants, including viruses, bacteria, gaseous chemicals, and mold, using breakthrough photoelectrochemical oxidation, PECO, Molecule doesn't just collect air pollutants. It destroys them at a molecular level. When you turn on a molecule, you're creating the purest air possible, combating allergy season by destroying the allergens in your home. Sounds molecule good, is like the Thanos for stuff that messes up your breathing. <laughs> you turn it on, it's like a snap of the finger, and it takes away the, the, the bad air. And as Josh alluded to, I'm someone who suffers from really bad allergies. I've been getting shots for years. It helps, but I know when springtime comes around because that's when I stop breathing at night. And sleep for three hours and get generally miserable and unpleasant to be around because I'm tired and I can't sleep. And why? It's because the air sucks in my yeah. apartment. My son is suffering from that right now. And all of a sudden, he's just like, I just feel bad. And I was like, yeah. Get rest of that happen. for the rest of your life every time it comes to April. Yeah. Well, let's try this medication. That made me feel worse. Okay. Maybe <laughs> we should get cleaner air. This one makes me tired. <laughs> So yeah. if this sounds familiar to you, as happens with many people, check out Molecule. Molecule's technology has been personally effective and verified by science, but most importantly, it's been tested by real people. Molecule's given allergy and asthma sufferers around the country an all-new experience. Here's what you do. For $75 off your first order of a Molecule unit, visit M-O-L-E-K-U-L-E.com and at checkout enter code iFanboy to get $75 off your Molecule order. I mean, if there's a device that'll help me sleep better, I'm going for it. <laughs> if I can Thanos snap away the allergens. They're destroying molecules. Doesn't that create fusion energy? I don't I don't know how it works. Can I plug devices into the molecule then? Is it like turn the allergens into into fusion? Yeah. I'm I not a scientist. That's next. That's version two. I'm not a scientist. Where's Ryan? <laughs> so thank you, Molecule, and you should check it out. M-O-L-E-K-U-L-E dot com. You don't read Deadly Class anymore, do you? I do. I do. do. I've actually I have not ever stopped reading it. Okay, neither have I. I watched the TV show and really, really liked it. I thought it was really impressive. And Rick wrote bunch of it he was the showrunner yeah and i think i like the book now more 
after, after, after mm-hmm. having watched the show. I think I have a better context for the because it was really close to the to the book. I'm sure. Um, I think I have a better feeling for the characters, a better context, and this issue in particular I thought was also really good. This is this was like the, my number four issue of the week. Mm-hmm. Where Marcus comes back to school after all that time's been away, he's been away for so long since the since the graduation ceremony, in which all the freshmen get attacked by the upperclassmen, and they had to escape and they had to live on the run. And that was a long time ago, and so finally he's back at school. And so I think the strength of the book lives in that environment. And so I thought that's why this one of the reasons why this issue was one of the stronger ones I've read in a while because we're back in that school environment, and that's really where Rick's unique viewpoint on the world of education uh and clicks and, and and things really shines it was interesting to like with the sort of advent of the tv show and it being relatively successful as far as i understand then they he reset the book basically yeah. not not in a bad way not in a you know it, i was like oh they, they came back and the effect of that was was interesting it, like all the characters are still there all the stuff that happened still happened we're still moving forward with it yes and no i mean if you watch the show and you were in and you're, you're one of those magical creatures that goes to the comic store and picks out this issue mm-hmm. uh everyone in the show is dead except for two characters <laughs> uh, all the main characters are, are, are i, I only meant in terms of because like, i haven't watched the show but only yeah. in, in, in terms of the the book you know, the, the, they're getting us back to like yes. they're, they're resetting the pieces they're getting us back to where we started except not yeah but at least we're on common ground and we can sort of go from here. But I really loved Wes Craig in this issue. I really loved the way they portrayed the flashbacks and the memories in the school yep. as these sort of ghostly white chalk drawings almost mm-hmm. um, in the background and in like in the hallways. It was a different way of doing a flashback. It was like, oh, because, you know, things are haunted in your life, your memory. You you walk mm-hmm. to a certain place and you, you have a flash to a memory and that's how you portray that in a comic. Well, you could just show the scene or you can have it sort of overlaid and that was a cool way to do it. I really liked this issue a lot. This is a really good issue. I think I've made this equivocation with Captain America before. It's Captain America number 10. I think this book is a lot stronger with a Q-Burn on it than it was with um, Lanil Yu was on, the, was on it originally. And, and I'm not a huge fan. And it, the t- it also didn't seem to fit the tone for me all that much. Um, but I actually I like this storyline. I like this Steve Rogers in prison thing. Again, mm-hmm. I know that we're dealing with the Hydra still. Yeah, we're still dealing with the Hydra cap secret identity thing for a long time. And I would be fine to be with. But if we're going to deal with it, I think this is kind of interesting. And I, I you know, there is a thing where I just want to see Ta-Nehisi Coates' thinking. Mm-hmm. I really find it interesting, you know, having been familiar with sort of his his nonfiction writing and the sort of his the worldview from things that I've read and, and, you know, interviews that I've seen with him. It's watching him fit that into a context of having, you know, Steve Rogers, Captain America, you know, as your main character of the book, I think is it's intriguing enough that it's definitely worth to keep reading. And also he's got he's got a pretty good dose of that comic book drama, like a 70s kind of. Oh, there's definitely that old. This is a throwback yeah. cap book. Feels like a Roger Stern, you know, Steve Englehart, Steve Englehart kind of yeah. era. I'm going to disagree with you. Though. I don't like the art in this book. Oh, OK. Well, yeah. I'm only comparing it to the Lanil Yu stuff. I like Lanil Yu in general, but I, I don't like. Adam Kubert's not my favorite Kubert, uh-huh. and I just don't, I don't like this style. And uh, it just, I just doesn't respond. I don't respond to it. It's not uh-huh. bad. I just don't like it. That makes sense. That makes sense. I, I, do. It's not do, it's really, I like. It's not doing my. It's not doing me any favors reading the book. I really like the story, but I don't think the coloring fits the art. I've said that a couple times. Frank Martin's the same guy who colored, you know, all the um, Steve Epting stuff with yeah. Brubaker, and this is this style of art is so different that. It doesn't seem to be – I don't think it requires the same kind of thing. He's not doing exactly the same kind of thing. I like the prison. I like Steve Rogers trapped in prison yeah. like for a long time and sort of what that means. Coach is either an old school Cap fan or he's done a really good job of deep diving into the old books to really pull out you know, Cap stuff from the past. He brought Bernie back, didn't he? Yeah, he brought Bernie back. Yeah. Like this is like, an old, this is like old school Cap stuff. I think he did his time with 70s and 80s Marvel is what I think. Hmm. That's my guess. I mean, he, I, he's got to be just about our age or something like that. So, you know, boxes of old Marvel comics uh, found their way to us back then, just like it would with him. And that, right. if that was stuff that spoke to him, then sure. it's here. Sure. Wonder Twins, number four. This book got my biggest laugh of the week. <laughs> okay. There's a basically uh, what's her name? Zaina goes on a date and she meets a guy and he's kind of a backwards hat dipshit and you're like well that's weird okay go on and then they later they reveal that he's in the league of annoyance or he's had a mixer for them anyway and his super villain name is red flag <laughs> well the red flag should have been the soul patch 
it was great. It was like no, it was, the reveal no, was great. Well, first they were having a mixer, around. a Legion of Doom mixer, in which they <laughs> the heavy hitters, but also Legion of Annoyance, and plus their junior members, who of which Red Flag is a junior member of the league, so he's like an up and coming supervillain. But just the idea that they're all sort of sitting around or standing around with hors d'oeuvres and and uh, champagne at this mixer uh, was funny. But then the Red Flag reveal was really funny, and then. You know, they're both on dates. Zan is on a date with a girl. Oh, yeah, that's me too. But clearly he does not (laughs) want to be with him. And then Jaina is on her date with Red Flag at the same time. And just the parallel structure of the pages was funny. And it just just bad for both of them. Well, I don't feel bad for him, though, because he was cool with it. There wasn't like... No, no, he wasn't sad about it. But but clearly he just wasn't aware that she was not... She was definitely trying to find a way to make her ex-boyfriend jealous. And that's what happened. And he wasn't just... He was so oblivious to it. I don't know that he think. I think at first he was oblivious. Then after a bit, like he was totally fine with it. He was fine like, after, but like yeah. at the movie theater when they're making out next to him, and he doesn't realize he's so engrossed in the movie. Like that was like the part where I felt bad for him. See, maybe that's where I thought like I was like, oh, he knows he's just he's fine with it. He's that confident. He's okay. He's happy. He's got a monkey. Doesn't matter. <laughs> it was funny. The bits, <laughs> every every single thing that Red Flag said after they named him Red Flag was funny. <laughs> I was my criticism. I really I like the art quite a bit. Stephen Byrne. It works exactly for this. The last panel of her turning into a cheetah and running away. That is not a good looking cheetah. Hmm. Maybe she's mid transformation. I don't know. Yeah, it looks like a human cheetah. The arms are too long. Maybe that's just mid trans. Who knows? Who knows? But you're right. Red flag was great. Yep. It's an easy joke and it's almost cliched, but he like he completely nailed it. So he berated cool. the waitress for five minutes about their mozzarella sticks. <laughs> I thought he was the hero. Invaders number five, I just wanted to mention because, it, you know, shit got crazy. And Yo. we've been talking about this this book, probably every issue. But when Namor cut the head off the the, <laughs> the human torch, and then I guess fire doesn't matter because he was holding it as it was flaming, and but sort of holding it like a like a talisman. Uh-huh. I was like, damn, that's fucked up. You guys are friends. <laughs> like, <laughs> you're war buddies. Like, yeah, these are robots. But still, it's like I mean, it was also the the the, the red the human tornado. Why do I call him the Red Skull? The human torch's head is talking. Like yeah. it was all fucked up. Yes, but, but talking in a broken robot way because he's his head's been severed from the body. Like it was all. I was like, damn, Namor. And then of course the uh, the plan is unfolded with uh, the attack. And it, I just this was another really good issue. I liked the bit with Cap, and he goes and talks to the. And she's an admiral, I yeah. guess. And he's like, I know you don't believe you, so you got to do this. And then like. He gets through to her uh, mm-hmm. through all that sort of military red tape kind of stuff. So I like that, too. And then she got killed immediately. Yeah. Well, she's doing her duty. <laughs> this is a great book. Yep. It's, it's a good a time. Book. Oh, gee, what are we doing now? We're talking about this. Oh, so, you're not happy about so this. So those are the books we wanted to talk about. But if you're at patreon.com slash ifanboy, you can vote as all the patrons. Not all the patrons do vote, but many patrons vote to add a book to the rundown. Every patron can vote. Uh, and this week... They decided to put us in the Star Wars corner by voting for Star Wars Age of Rebellion Boba Fett, number one. Greg Pak, Mark Laming, Nirai Menon, and Travis Lanham is the creative team. Boba Fett. Boba Fett? I literally just saw that scene on May 4th. They were showing all the movies on TV, and I turned on randomly to Return of the Jedi, and it was that scene. Mm-hmm. Like, I turned it on, Han goes, Boba Fett. <laughs> and then he died. So obviously, I have not been reading any of the Star Wars books. I'm not into reading the Star Wars books. Well, this is a standalone Tales, so... Yeah, and so, I mean, there was a lot of glee in the patrons to get me to read a Star Wars book, and that's fine. You, I, I am your dancing monkey. But if you're going to make me read a Star Wars book, this would be the book to do it, because, as you said, this is sort of a off-to-the-side tale of Boba Fett. It's a one-shot. It doesn't have anything to do with the movies. There's no continuity problems, which is one of the reasons why I stopped reading the books in the first place. Mm-hmm. Greg Pak's a great writer. I like Mark Laming's art. He does a really great Boba Fett. I like this. I enjoyed reading it. Yeah, it was fun. I found myself throughout the whole time thinking because Boba Fett doesn't say anything basically mm-hmm. until the very end. But yeah, no. But basically, at the very end, he says something. But for the most part, and I thought, well, that's he doesn't he doesn't not talk because at least in the in the original trilogy, he doesn't really talk other than a couple of sentences. But he talked a lot in the prequel trilogy. So I just in thought what? that was I know I thought that was an interesting choice. I liked the they made him unstoppable force of nature, you know, which is what the the Boba Fett thing should be you know everybody's afraid of him and everybody knows him he's only about the bounty that's what he does 
I liked the villain, you know, the, he's doing basically the, the villain bounty, bounty hunter who's doing the heel thing. You know, mm-hmm. he's like, yeah. let's be let's be friends. No, it's OK. All right. I'll get him. Wait, no. You know, like he, he's he's cowardly and he's he's evil and treacherous. And um, so he's got it coming. Bob is all about the Benjamins. Yeah. He's not going to help your village unless the guy terrorizing your village is one of his bounties. And then he will he will well, help your village. side effect. He's kind of like a worse Jonah Hex here. Yeah. Jonah Hex ultimately has a good heart and will they will always convince him to help the village, but at first he'll put up the fight. He'll say, I don't right. care about your village. I'm here for that guy, and then eventually he'll do it. But Boba Fett is not like that, but that's basically just, this is basically a Jonah Hex story with Boba Fett, mm-hmm. which I liked. And it worked. Is the guy at the end a bounty? Oh, yes. I see. Yes. I understand now. Yeah, the guy who wants him to come help their village, right. he was he's wanted, and so that's the reason. See, him. just now when I was looking at it, that was the one part of the book that didn't work for me. I was like, why is he getting angry and pointing his gun at that guy? But I just saw the panels of why, and that was actually pretty subtle and good. Yeah. Yeah, it's in the background, so you only know if you see the yep. It's really well drawn. It's, it's a well-written yeah. book. I like Silent Boba Fett because in, in part of why he was so cool in the beginning was that we didn't know a lot yeah, about him, and he didn't talk very much, and... Everything he does is only out of the necessity of having to do that thing to accomplish his goal. Right. Also, I liked his like robot horse camel thing. <laughs> For me, my my point of view: if you're going to do Star Wars stories, do them on the edges, do them on the fringes. Also, like they didn't. Again, I said this before: they didn't skimp on the art at all in this. No, one. no. You know, like the drawing and the coloring on on Boba Fett and and the you know the bars and the little towns they're in is all like it's all there. This is what you want Star Wars to look like. Mark Lamming's really good. Yep. Yeah. He's a name. He's been around forever, too. He's like uh, when you can't get Gabe Hardman, you get him. Yeah. Like literally on the Gabe Hardman books, I think it was the Apes book or maybe it was the Star Wars one or the other or maybe both. You know, Gabe wrote wrote with Karina, but he drew the first arc. And then after that, they brought in Mark Lamming to do the rest of it. And it's a pretty seamless transition. Yeah, it's good. There's some really good pages here where he... Boba kicks the door in right at us, which is you know an angle you don't often see, and you know there's a, there's a, there's some nice action here. It's got a, I mean, I, I think Lamming's British, but it does it has sort of a 2000 AD sort of storytelling vibe that I like, or at yeah. least British comics kind of thing. And he looks dirty. He looks beat up. Yep. Yeah, coloring's nice too. It was yeah. good. It was fun. Star Wars: Age of Rebellion, Boba Fett, number one, ratings. Ratings out of five. Mm-hmm. 3.75? Yes. Yeah. I agree. Didn't, didn't break any ground or anything. No, it was, it was really satisfying. fun. I enjoyed it. Good slice it. of pizza. Yeah, I liked it. Yeah. Are you reading these all, all these books, these Age of Rebellion books? I'm reading the ones that I'm interested in. So um, I think in, I read in a way, this you're one. sticking with it. In a way, yeah. I mean, if I'm if I'm interested in if if, if the next one's about, you know, Dexter Jack, 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 you know what I mean? Um, <laughs> some character I don't give a shit about. Dax? I, Dexter Jetster, I think, is the name. What about Lando? That seems to be the next one. Maybe, probably, depends. Is it which which Lando? It looks like Empire Lando. He's got the okay, Empire yeah. suit clothes on. Yeah, probably. You truly belong on here with us among the clouds. But I feel like these books should be like Porkins. You know, I'd like, read that. Like, I guess this takes place after. All these books take place after uh, A New Hope, so Porkins would. Yeah. Be in, in the book. It should be a book Maybe about Porkins. It just be a book of blackness. Just wow. black, black pages. The infinite void. So you might be asking, how can I <laughs> uh, select uh, what books these these gentlemen read? How can you force them to read something they don't want to read? I'm just saying, you don't have to do that. You, I mean, you can pick whatever you want, but like, what do you want out of it? Do you want us to? Do you want us to writhe? Do you want to get a thoughtful review on something? There's there's two different goals there. I would think you make it worth your time, but if 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 it's a dis- discomfort is your thing, then fine, you're a sadist. If you want to be a sadist, <laughs> I'm sorry, that was just riffing, and I don't think that went where I wanted, but I, it's honest. You went down a dark path. Go to patreon.com slash ifanboy. Uh, you can sign up at any level, and you can obviously become a, 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 a voter. You can enfranchise yourself in this section of the show specifically. We've reached many stretch goals. We have some others. We've sort of been where we are now, and maybe this is just where we'll be. I don't know. But if you've been on the fence and you're thinking, boy, I don't know if I want to, you know, if you like the show – and you can contribute, then that would be that's I think it's the right thing to do. That's aces. It is aces. You do not have to go screw if you do that. And you should do that for, you know, the things you like and that are important to you. Like I look at something, should I support this thing? And I say, yeah, you know what? I should. 
it's the right thing to do and that's the way to go. So thank you for everybody who does that. We, we, we are still in awe and very much appreciate that you helping us do the show and make it worth our while and then some. And then there are other ways that you can uh, pitch in as well. You can go to the t-shirt store over at ifanboy.threadless.com. Not just t-shirts. They're, they're consumer goods. Yeah. They're sundries. Is sundries the right word? Is that, I don't even know what that means. Sure. Ifanboy okay. sundries. Ifanboy sundries. I don't know. So we've got seven current designs. You know, we're going to keep telling you that we're going to put more designs in there right up until the point that we put more designs in there. And then after that, we will say more designs are coming. I realize I am falling down on this. I, I owe yeah. you something and I haven't done it yet. My fault. What I'm saying is this is my fault. You haven't seen it. Yeah. I'm, I'm falling behind. Well, to be fair, I'm not doing anything. So <laughs> in a way, it's my fault, too. <laughs> Maybe even more so. You know, I should be there. You know, if you're falling down on the beach and the Omaha beach, I should be there to pick you up. But I'm like, mm, I'm over here. <laughs> Good. I got my own I'm, thing going on. Those the German 88s can't hit me from here. <laughs> uh, but I was wrong about that mostly because those German 88s were they were pretty destructive. I'm off topic. Mm. Uh, you can go to slash Well, it's the second half of the show, so you don't want to deal with any of that stuff. You can you can donate via PayPal if that's a thing that you would like to do. One time donation, recurring, whatever. Choose your pleasure. Uh, and then finally, a very uh, a very easy way to also help out is to go to ifanboy.com slash Amazon. You'll find uh, links to buy things on Amazon from like our like the books on our books below or the issues that we choose to pick of the week uh, or just a general link. So that is all for that. But but not only that, if you donate to Patreon at a rate of $5 a month or higher, you find yourself placed firmly and sometimes for a while on our list of people who are set to get patron powers, which we are which we are going through four at a time. We're trying. Week. We're getting close. We, we are. Uh, I don't want to find out. Closer. We're still, we're still ways to go, but we're much closer than I know. Ever. It's going to be a sad day when we run out, though. Maybe that'll spur people to, to, to jump off. I, I like many of the names this week, the ones that are legible. Robert Dean Kidd. He sounds like a gunfighter. Yeah, he does. He is adept. He doesn't even want to do it, but what happens is that he finds and then is able to solve unsolved mysteries. He'll notice. Wait a minute. Oh is there an answer? Yeah, like famous ones or just general, like, where's my socks? Depends Depends on where he is. So it's contextual. contextual it is contextual. Is? It's uncanny how he, he reveals them. But then also, he quickly dispatches with them. He has, he has a keen, almost supernatural intellect to solve those mysteries so that he can move on with things. But also, he keeps finding them. So they have to the mysteries that affect him then. Uh, yeah, I mean, they, they come they come across his they come into his attention one way or the other. I see. They don't have to affect him, but he's he's there. The thing he can't help it. Interesting. Okay. Wes Ailes. That's how I'm going to say it. Ailes. 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 He has soap fingers. Ah. What that means is, from <laughs> the tips of his fingers, he can emit soap. Mm-hmm. One of his fingers does dish soap. Mm-hmm. One of his fingers does body wash. Okay. One of his fingers does face wash. All right. One of his fingers does that um, evaporating car wash soap. That special <laughs> that special soap that I have. That I can't think of the name of it, but you can okay. wash your car with. One of his fingers. What's left? So what about bar soap? So that he can write graduation messages on the backs of cars. One of them is, is dry bar soap. Uh huh. So it's not it's not all he can he can cap them off then. Yeah, it's, it's like not he, always he shoots emitting. them out. No, no, it's not always right. shooting. Them. He's just you know like instead of shooting out purple energy like he's an X Men from the nineties, he shoots right. out soap. It feels like there's maybe a possibility for a help for helpful for himself, maybe a spouse or whoever his current paramour is, and maybe kids. Mm-hmm. Other than that, a career in nursing. Perhaps, or also he could, you know, like he could do like a he could le- he could make the so- the floor real soapy, okay, and then you couldn't chase him. You know, there's <laughs> practical applications. If he was in an '80s college movie, he'd make the whole dorm hallway soapy. What about water? The water has to come from an external source. Yeah, but he could he could make you a kick-ass uh, bubble bath with his, what about with his the, body wash. What what about the fragrance and flavor of the soap? Is that one thing? Is he always like, oh, this one's manly burlap smell or this one's <laughs> like like uh, lotus flower? Uh, yes, uh, lavender. Uh-huh. You know what? Uh, it, 
He can control this flavor depending on what he eats. <laughs> so it's it's indirect. <laughs> this is steak soap. <laughs> I'm concerned about your diet. I'm smelling an awful lot of bacon in your soap lately. Right. I mean, it's still soap. It'll still clean you. It's just the, the scent. Yeah. The scent of the soap. Ocean Breeze Soap. Yeah. And Wes Alice for people who don't want to stink. Tongue oil. Oof. I'm going to say these letters mm-hmm. in the in the order they are. I just went to the I went to the spreadsheet to make sure you hadn't had a stroke while typing into the, the script and yeah. you didn't. So we've got J Dom mm-hmm. Tipkin. <laughs> Tipkin. 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 J Dom Tipkin. <laughs> He's not wrong. That's how it's spelled. Can blink YouTubers out of existence. Blink, so he's a murderer. Nope. He just disappears them from existence. Nobody remembers them. Well, that's called murder. No. That's what Thanos did. Well, he's the Thanos of YouTubers. Jesus, Josh. Well, let me ask you this. Have you ever heard one of the Minecraft uh, YouTuber videos? No. Where people watch play minecraft and I mean, then I just talk that, yeah, incessantly. I know that, yeah i know it exists i've just never watched one well he can murder them <laughs> nah nah he just he disappears them no one ever knew they were there so there's there's no there's no they just taken them out of existence it's it's putting us on a different a uh, different time stream it doesn't why not it he doesn't just, there's no body they never <laughs> happened this is a very fine line of murder I don't think you've really spent enough time with these videos to make this seem appealing, but I guarantee you that there are many parents out there listening to this who know exactly what I'm talking about. And they're like, no, it's valid. It's justifiable. The videos are very annoying. (laughs) You know, we had a show that was available on YouTube for a while. We're not that. Okay. You would just, well, you just click away from ours. Or if you didn't like it, you wouldn't think, I wish this person didn't exist. (laughs) But I've thought that. Okay. All right. Okay. You know what I've been watching lately? This has got dark. Yeah. Chiropractor videos. You need to get out. Now they recommend them to me. So I, I'm like, well, I'll just watch one more. Crack. You know, earlier you said people should get outside. I know I should get outside more. It's not yeah. my choice. I'm just saying. There's better, better ways to spend your time. Oscar Escobar Nugare. <laughs> He was he was Latin for a bit, and then he became Japanese at the end there. You know how they say, watch, pot never boils? Uh-huh. Oscar can look at your pot, it'll start boiling. He that is in- helpful. He instantly boils water. I have one child who only eats pasta. That would be a, a lifesaver for me. Is, did you adopt Ron? Instantly? No, literally only pasta. Like mac He's and cheese? A little, yeah, that, can, that counts as pasta. Mm. Although he considers it a separate thing. I'm like, you can't have pasta again. I'm going to have mac and cheese. That's pasta. <laughs> so, Ron. Is it instant or does it like have a little bit of a run up or is it just boom, it's boiling? It, it just starts boiling. Oh, that's awesome. Boom, boil. Boy, boom. if you like tea. Yeah. Or anything. Anything that requires boiling water. Yeah. I mean, everything does. He can, he can sterilize things. Robert, Wes, Oscar, and who, Josh? J-Dom? J-Dom. J-Dom. Thanks for being patrons. Patreon.com slash fanboy. If you want to get your own superpower, $5 or higher, we think everyone does so. And if you're still on the list, you're waiting patiently. We're getting to you. We're not that far off. By the, I mean, by the it's end not of the like year. We take, it's not like we took a week off. I think by the end of the year, we might be caught up. Oh, wow. That'll be very sad. You know, I really thought you were going to laugh at the YouTuber thing, and instead, you just made me feel bad. <laughs> Except I, <laughs> I don't. Mean, I, I laugh on the inside. I, I, thought, I thought I had you, but I think that you just... I don't think you've spent enough time on YouTube to understand that this is a problem. Well, that is that is also true. That's also yeah. possible. Which is, a, which is a positive. We are actually, it looks like maybe, yeah, it'll be, it'll be the last quarter. We might, we'll, we'll be caught up with these names. Huh. As well, of now. Notice there's more people join up. There you go. I think we went too long for our emails. Uh, probably. You know what? Do the second one because it's not really a question. We can talk about it really quick, and I think it was a good point to make that we have not talked about lately. Andrew. And will... Yeah, go ahead. Andrew from Parts Unknown says, I feel like it's been a while since you gave a shout-out to libraries as a good source of comics. 
In the past year and a half, I've gotten married and bought a house, neither of which are cheap. But thanks to my local library, the Pikes Peak Library District, I also plowed through all of Scalped, Ex Machina, and Tom King's Batman, among others. I'm currently working my way through Alan Moore's Swamp Thing, and I have the first few volumes of Hellblazer on reserve. Lots of libraries have access to a digital archive called Hoopla, which is where I read most of the above. I think that's a wonderful point. I will say on uh, this past weekend, is Free Comic Book Day, mm-hmm. and it occurred to me for the first time since being a father that my children might actually enjoy doing that. Um, so I went to one comic shop, which was a friend of mine runs it, and there was a line basically down the street, and I said, that's not going to work for me. So I went to another place, and we went and we got free comics for for the kids, and uh, they really enjoyed it. And my, my younger son said to me, he said, he said, I wish every day was free comic book day. And I was like, well, work on a podcast for a while. And uh, no, <laughs> um, but he really liked it. And and my 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 older son, we go to the library a lot to get him stuff like that. He's not really into getting comics too often, but it, it is a really good point to make. Uh, comics are not getting cheaper. Uh, you know, if you're buying digital comics, mm-hmm. it can it can run up really fast as much as paper comics. Um, you know, and the library is a really good option. And the more that you the more that you patronize those, the more they're going to have. It's, right. it's, it's, it's a nice, it's a nice system right there. So, um, yeah, support those. And, you know, the people who work in libraries are good people. Yes. And they're working hard. They're doing a lot with a little, um, and, and take advantage of it. Cause it's, it's, uh, you know, it's a great thing. That's all. See, Pike's peak was a pimple. Some good really? Fellas. Some good fellows. Okay. That's what I don't remember that at all. Tommy says that hey. back when Pike's peak was a pimple. <laughs> Contact at ifanboy.com if you want to get our sh- your email on the show. Also, if you want to send us a sound clip, we'll play that like a voicemail. If you want to send us that to contact at ifanboy.com. That's how you get in the show. Quick plugs. Previous special edition shows include Shazam, Hellboy, Justice League vs. the Fatal Five, Avengers Endgame, and the talks blow Josh did with colorist Jordan Boyd, who was on a book this week. What was it? Uh, this week's was I, – I, I saw it. I noticed it. Now I – oh, uh, Deadly Class. Deadly, Deadly Class. Deadly Class. Good job. Yeah, which, which you know, he, we were talking about that. The fact that, you know, like Rick Remender is no slouch. He's, he's not going to hire somebody on a book who's not good. So yeah. that's, that's saying something. So those shows are all available behind these in various depths. They're all good shows. And if you're a patron, you missed our last Hangout. That's where you can uh, find No, the Hellboy show is not a good show. I don't want <laughs> to lie. To be fair, I haven't listened to that one. Uh, you don't. I haven't seen the movie. But if you are a patron and you didn't come to our last Hangout, you would have missed Josh and I and Ron doing 45 minutes on Avengers. So if you want to hear that, go to the patron page. There's a link to the old uh, Hangout. The video's there. All the old Hangouts are there. So check that out. People have asked. That's where you can find it. And uh, what's coming up, Josh, later this month, which is rapidly dwindling. Booksplode. Nah, we're one third of the way. We're good. Okay. Booksplode uh, coming up this month is going to be Daredevil Born Again uh, later in the month. It's not a very big volume. I'm going to get on that. I'm excited. When it, that when it came during last week's show, I, I got home. I looked through it. And I was like, man, I'm excited to read this. Yeah. I, yeah. It's like it's like there's a classic that we haven't, you know. Have you read it? Did we talk about we this? About, I, I read it a long time ago. Forever. I don't remember, I don't so remember anything about it. I remember it's nothing basically about like it. new. Yeah. yeah. That's fine. It's like watching Deadwood again. Okay. Head over to fanboy.com, find all of our podcasts, the ones we just talked about, our old ones, our old contents there. Listen, if, you've got, if you're looking to kill time at work, there's tons of old articles. You can read the hilariously old opinions and thoughts we had on things that came to pass or not came to pass back then. Find them all there at fanboy.com. In addition to that, you can go to follow us on facebook.com slash ifanboy or follow us at ifanboy on Twitter to know what the pick of the week is before the show comes out. You can also follow us at ifanboycomics on Instagram. You'll find out the pick there. You'll see the best of the week in panels feature that we do after we read our comics. It's a fun Fun time. Individually, we are at Jay Flanagan on Twitter and Instagram and at C.S. Kilpatrick on Instagram. There is a way to very easily influence uh, and be helpful to a podcast you like, including ours or any others. You want to you write a review, leave a star rating on iTunes, tell, tell people what you think, or you know, just tell people directly about it. Be, be, be the word of mouth that we need you to be. Be the change you need to be in this world. Yeah. See the change that you want to be. Mm-hmm. Don't blink us out of existence. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Which wouldn't be murder. Just, so just clear. If, if people want to chime in on this debate, they can. I'm just saying it wasn't me. On a theoretical level, because luckily, as far as I know, we're unable to blink people out of existence. Mm-hmm. But if we were able to, we wouldn't know about it anyway. So there's no hard feelings. Mm. Mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. what Thanos did wrong. Mm-hmm. And he could have done it the other way. He could have just made the people disappear. But also said, and no one remembers them. But he had to be a snot about it. He had to have people know that he did it. Mm-hmm. And that's where it fell apart for him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure. Think about that. Mm-hmm. <laughs>
I'm not wearing a wire. Just just in and case then you're I should note that the last thing on this on the the last thing on the script is help spread the iFanboy love, which is now more ironic than it was five minutes ago. <laughs> uh, we should update that copy. <laughs> All right, this was fun. It always is. Yeah. It's always fun. Sure. <laughs> no, it's always fun. I enjoyed this one. Let's close it out. Until next week, I'm Connor. Josh, thank you. Bye. Don't lose your head. Yeah.